Welcome back, friends. Welcome back to Propaganda Watch. This week on the D program, we're going to turn our attention back to the Great Reset, which you will recall I covered in great detail recently in my podcast on your guide to the Great Reset. If you haven't seen that yet, I really suggest that you watch or listen to that podcast. I think it's a particularly important one. It is at CorbettReport.com slash Great Reset. But if you have seen that, you will know that in that podcast, I explicitly state that that podcast is the 20,000-foot overview of the big agenda, i.e. the old agenda, the New World Order, with a fresh coat of lipstick. Now it's called The Great Reset, and it's being foisted on us by the World Economic Forum and its cronies. But uh, let's let's delve into this in, a, in more detail uh, today, because, I again, the 20,000-foot big overview is important, and understanding what this agenda is and what it's about is important, but what does it actually look like on the day-to-day lived experience level? What will the future look like, say, in five years? What will your day-to-day life actually look and feel like? Well, thankfully, we don't have to think too hard about it or speculate too much. We can leave the experts to do that for us because our good friends over at Cognizant have produced a little video purported to be from the year 2025, looking back at the past five years of how the world has survived this COVID-19 scare slash scourge and what the world looks like now that we have survived. Well, hi, everybody. I think everybody's on now, so uh, let's get started. Um, well, it's May the 25th, 2025. I can't believe how time has flown. Um, and I thought it'd be a good time today to talk about, you know, what we've been seeing in the last few years since the coronavirus pandemic, since the crisis. It's almost five years now. And, um, clearly so much has changed. Very little is unchanged, um, by what, by what's happened. Um, the way we educate children, the way we heal ourselves medically, uh, the way we bank, the way we do everything, the way we entertain ourselves. And clearly, perhaps first and foremost amongst the things that have changed is the way we work. Uh, Clearly, kind of virtually and online has become the norm. Travel's the last resort, not the first resort now. I mean, are we surprised that that change has really stuck and, uh, and we're just so routinely and um, normally working like this now? Well, I'm not surprised, Ben. No. When the doors opened after the COVID-19 crisis and we could go back to the office, many employees asked, why would we when we can so effectively work from home? No, and it turned out that they never went back, right? So the, along came the COVID-19 Big Bang and it sort of vaporized all of these old work from home canards about teleshirking or the fact that You know, there are certain work, supposedly, that could never be done virtually. And so, as I remember, the pandemic came along and necessity kind of dictated, get over it, get going and get used to it. And so initially, you know, after some weeks of fumbling around with Zoom rooms and these sort of goofy online cocktail parties, work streams absolutely emerged that were cheaper and faster and of higher quality. We are seeing this big shift towards every home being retrofitted with dedicated home office spaces equipped with soundproofing, separate voice-driven entrances, podcast booths, 3D printers, and ergonomic everything. 
And people aren't just using these spaces for remote work. They double up as the new social hangouts, the new pub, bar, club. They're a place where we can all meet to connect in virtual reality. COVID was the great equaliser of who could use digital tools. Suddenly we had Zooming grannies teaching TikTok-obsessed teenagers how to use house party. Now every generation sees the benefit of maintaining real-world relationships inside the machine. Oh yes, we're all going to get plugged into the machine and we're going to love it, aren't we? Yes, that is the vision of the future as presented to us by Cognizant, specifically their Center for the Future of Work. And if you were unfamiliar with Cognizant, you can read about them in their About page on their website where you'll find out their leading professional services company, blah, blah, blah. Long story short, they are a great company if you are a corporate middle manager of a large-scale globalist corporation that wants to basically pretty up your business with the latest business buzzwords and catchphrases and make it look like you're doing something productive, i.e. they're a gigantic waste of time and money, but hey, they will provide you at the very least with some insight into the latest propaganda making the rounds in the business community. Specifically, in this particular report, they're focusing on the future of life as we know it uh, after the Great Reset, essentially. They call it After the Virus, and not only do they have that little six-minute introduction video, and I suggest you watch the rest of the video for more revealing comments and uh, pieces of that puzzle, but you can go to their webpage, Cognizant. Uh, I will put the link, of course, in the show notes so that you can go and read the report that they issued with this. Uh, they say, in this special report, the team from Cognizant's Center for the Future of Work consider what the world will look in 2023 a period far enough away for the implications of the virus to have materially changed things, but not so far away that pure idle speculation reigns supreme. So not only can they not grammatically construct a, a correct sentence here, but they can't even get their dates straight. This is actually a report about 2025. But don't worry, I completely trust them uh, to handle my multi-billion dollar global business venture. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, it talks about how this report examines how education, health, shopping, and entertainment will become more virtual, how houses will be retrofitted with dedicated home office spaces as working at home becomes the norm, not the exception. It suggests that travel will become a last, not first resort, and it argues that the environmental agenda will gather momentum as we realize that the virus is a scream for help from a planet that has added 6 billion people in under 100 years. Uh, we write as if we are in 2025. Oh, they get the date right here. And uh, they suggest that there is a future of work. Oh, thank God. Please tell us all about it, Cognizant. So here is the report itself. And uh, let's go through it together because I think it is instructive. There are some really revealing things and uh, about the, the Great Reset and where it's going from here. So let's, let's actually go through this report together. Uh, specifically, we have the introduction here. Uh, very little will remain unchanged by COVID-19. And, of course, they illustrate this with the old elbow bump and uh, the, masked, the masked elbow bump. Wow, what a sign of the things to come. And they talk essentially about what I was talking about in your guide to the Great Reset. Everything will change. Geopolitics will change. National politics will change. Socioeconomics will change. Business will change. Work will change. Life will change. I would just venture to add, humanity itself will change, but maybe that's further down the road. Anyway, uh, will we ever shake hands again? Will we ever again sit next to a total stranger on a 15-hour flight? Will we pull up the drawbridges around our homes? Oh, let's hope so, so that we can survive this horrible, ravaging pandemic, right? Um, 
And they go on to say that, you know, ultimately, don't worry, uh, we're going to be propelled into a future uh, of all sorts of changes. But here's Cognizant with the details. So we get into the online's Big Bang, where they talk about essentially everything is going to move online and it's going to lead to the the evolution and revolution of online collaboration from Zoom rooms to all sorts of new technologies that are going to come along to make everything much more smooth and grandma-friendly. So everyone will be able to use it and various companies will emerge to uh, take uh, take up the mantle and, and move this technology forward, yada, yada. We'll, we'll get rid of that horrible meat space. And there may be some downside here, like... Uh, some have been seduced by virtual worlds, so they never want to leave. The Japanese subculture of hikikomori pulling inward becomes a worrying trend. Uh, became a worrying trend because, of course, they're writing from the year 2025 here. Uh, for people who don't know, these are the shut-ins who literally live their entire life in their room and won't come out. Uh, so that's, that's you know, one of the downsides that people strap these virtual reality goggles to their face and never want to leave. But hey, I mean, The Matrix is so fun, guys. You'll love it. All right. Everyone's home is their castle. And of course, it gets into how everyone starts working at home. And ultimately, our entire uh, our entire homes are structured around the idea of working at home with uh, 3D printers being, replacing stone walls and moats. And we'll have home office spaces, routers in the right place, soundproofing, separate voice-driven inter- ent- entrances. Yay. Um, and business travel will lose its cool. So we start to see this this narrative that ultimately you'll, you you won't be doing much international travel anymore, peons, in this new neo-feudal era that we're moving into. Don't worry about that. We're going to move into a brand new era where flying will again be this luxury reserved for the gods who uh, fly above us uh, while we peons scuttle around on the ground. And But don't worry, it's a it's a good thing um, because ultimately we're going to reduce our carbon footprints, etc., etc., uh, you can read through all about that. This is where things start to get particularly creepy. Ubiquitous health screaming, screening. Welcome the HSA. So exactly in line with my work on COVID-9-11, they spell it out quite explicitly here. They, they take the narrative from the homeland security paradigm that was established with the 9-11 false flag, and they move it up to the biosecurity paradigm being introduced with the COVID-19 false flag. And they do that quite explicitly here, talking about in short order, following the terrible events of 9-11, a security infrastructure was built to ensure such terrorist attacks never happened again. A uh, security theater that's meant to keep the peons in check and basically provide uh, prisoner training for the average person. Within weeks, the Transportation Security Agency was established in the U.S. and variations of such around the world, and overnight, the flying experience was utterly changed. Now each and every one of us is regarded as a threat. (laughs) Yay! Now each and every one of us is treated the same, saint and sinner alike. Now each and every one of us is safe. Few terrorist attacks have happened since. See, guys, they saved us from the terror attacks that they created because they managed to put in this loving, swaddling homeland security state to keep us, to treat us all as a threat. (laughs) And they they just spell it out here as if it's a good thing. Yay. By 2023, in the aftermath of the COVID-19 pandemic, the health 
security agency had ramped up with a budget that made the TSA $7.7 billion look like chicken feed to enter any building or space, not just a plane or country. People were required by law to have a Star Trek-like tricorder scan and be turned away if they fail. The OK-to-go clearance system was initially deployed in high-traffic areas, but eventually spread into every country of every county of every state in the country. At first, HSA staff administered the scan, but in another couple of years, the entire process was automated. The scanning equipment became ubiquitous in the airlock lobby of every building, including domestic buildings. Literally talking about the creation of airlock lobbies with automated scans to approve your access to any space based on what? This? COVID-19? Really? As with TSA pre, uh, pre-approval uh, system was instituted for those who enroll in the home-based telemedicine OK to go plus. Oh yes, don't worry, you can get pre-screened. The, this allowed people to take the scan at home up to four hours before their travel time, certifying they're not carrying any infectious disease. And then uh, the creation of the HSA in the U.S. was a huge money spinner. Contracts to develop and produce the tricorder ran into the tens of billions of dollars, and the diagnostic capability and its ongoing maintenance was a generational gold mine. Oh, you know, word to the wise businessmen out there. There's a lot of money to be made off of this scamdemic. Of course, you probably have to be one of the crony insiders who's already got connections to the government. You know, mom and pop need not apply. But anyway, there are billions, if not trillions, to be made from this scam. And then uh, it talks about the, the infrastructure and the way things are, are going. And there's little sympathy for those who think the HSA is overkill. Yeah, infrastructure is a vital element of stopping the coronavirus panic of 2020 from ever happening again. Let us never have another person die. We can stop it, guys. Just give us all your rights and freedoms. It will happen. Uh, so it gets particularly creepy there. And then, of course, it goes into exactly what you would expect. Gaia and Greta from the fringe to the mainstream talking about how the uh, trillions and trillions of dollars are easy to count. But what about the intangibles? A young person's hampered career opportunities, treating psychological angst that is instilled in the young by the doom porn mongers of the mainstream, of course. Um, But don't worry, silver linings emerged from the pandemic clouds because by 2020 to 2022, the stopping of the clock of our frenetic business-as-usual style allowed us to appreciate the finer things in life, like the sights and sounds and smells of the unemployment line as people line up for the food bank and uh, as the riots and and uh, fires start raging all around us. Oh, it was such a peaceful and pleasant time to live through, and we all lived through it together. Remember, you're in it together. Um, anyway, yes, yeah, so, of course, what an idyllic and wonderful time as, as nature started to overgrow everything once again as we were all locked inside for years at a time based on a phony, ginned-up scamdemic. And then the Earth breathed. Oh, yes. Okay, so 2020 brought home to us that Gaia theory was not for fringe quackery and that Greta was onto something. <laughs> yes, that's what it did. And uh, yeah, yada, 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 blah, blah, blah. The World Economic Forum and others managed to help bring about the 2030 Sustainable Development Goals that lead us into the promised land. And 
etc., etc. You know how that story goes. Miss humans in the machine, yes, we're all going to get plugged into the Matrix and we're all going to love it and they're going to do things like inventing virtual monopoly boards so that uh, as our siblings in the farthest reaches of the world uh, sit there, we can play with them, high-fiving them when they bankrupt dad and tipping the virtual board over when we inevitably lose. Ha ha ha. Oh, it will be so much fun once all of our human relations are separated at a dis- distance and intermediated by the digital world. Uh, And then, of course, there's the birth of the clean regime. A new age of cleanliness will be upon us as the germophobia that was once consigned to a small proportion of the uh, the population is ubiquitous and made mainstream. But don't worry, guys. Again, ka-ching, ka-ching, another opportunity to cash in. While established cleaning product brands gained stature, nimble startups were the ones to make cleaning sexy. Companies like Blueland and Truman's became household names as they added style to the new aesthetic. Even global arbiter of style and luxury LVMH, which I'm glad to say I don't even know if that is some sort of acronym I'm supposed to be pronouncing a certain way. LVMH, I don't even know the brand, pivoted to creating designer sanitizers in an effort to combat the novel coronavirus. Clean became cool. And where there was cool, there was cash. (laughs) Yay! Ka-ching! The war against pathogens was fought and will continue to be fought much differently from wars of the past. Germs can't be shot down or bombed. Instead, we combated our enemy with sanitizing and hand-washing. Propaganda posters pictured not Rosie the Riveter, but Cliff the Cleaner. And yada, yada, yada. We all became neat freaks, clean germaphobes who will never have to deal with icky human matter ever again. Speaking of which, the cost of aging in a post-pandemic world. Well, you know what? That Ray Kurzweil guy was kind of onto something when he talked about living long enough to live forever. Uh, If we can just make it to the ripe old age of 120, biotechnology will have advanced so much that humanity will have been cured of death. Yes, guys, this is the end goal that they are steering us towards. They Not that they actually want to cure death, I think, but that they want us to believe that this is the goal and this is what we should be striving for. Therefore, we have to do anything and everything possible to swaddle us in the loving cocoon of the Big Brother police state so that we never, ever, ever die. They are promising the immortality that has been taken away by the secularization of society and the loss, general loss of belief in, in religion. Now we have the state that will come along and provide you the immortality, the promised land. All you have to do is give them everything and they will provide immortality for you. And if you believe that, boy, do I have some bridges to sell you anyway. And of course, this is, of course, they, they quote Ezekiel Emanuel. If you're not familiar with him, I suggest you type that name into my search bar. You will find some interesting and revealing things about uh, bioethicists who are the part, an essential part of the new technocratic priest class that's coming into view on the biosecurity scamdemic. And Ezekiel Emanuel is a very important part of that with his controversial 2018 article talking about uh, that, you know, people might just have to die at a certain age. Why, why do we think we should live to be old? Um, Etc., etc. Another casualty of the virus, privacy, of course. It says the most draconian policy took hold in China, where the use of smartphone data and fa- facial recognition cameras obliged individuals to self report their temperature and medical conditions on a daily basis. Using these measures, the government could effectively, effectively track and, in some cases, forcibly isolate individuals considered high risk, as well as identify those with whom they'd come into contact. I'm confused. This is held out as the most extreme and dracon- draconian measure, or the most sensible measure, to 
depending on your point of view, in China. But isn't this exactly what they're talking about with the creation of the HSA and the uh, the OK to go system? Hey, guys, you'll be screened every time you enter a building in the airlock lobby. But, you know, it's just part of cost of doing business. But somehow, again, it's, you know, China's the boogeyman here. They're the bad guys that are doing this. It's great when we do it. It's evil when they do it. Um, anyway, whatever the case, get used to it because this is the new norm. And uh, some of the introduction of Black Mirror-style social monitoring was only a temporary necessary phenomenon that this type and level of surveillance would end as the crisis waned. History, though, paints a very different picture. One has only to look at the U.S. wartime surveillance that lived on well after the First and Second World Wars in programs such as Black Chamber and Project Shamrock to see how things might unfold. The press censorship and land confiscation policies of Israel's 1948 War of Independence are still in place. Governments could very well argue that in order to prevent a reoccurrence of COVID-19 or the emergence of some new scandemic, stringent data checks need to remain. Do you think? Do you think? How did 1984 happen? Hmm, I wonder. Maybe it's reports like this one. So let's let's find out who's behind this. Anyway, who is Cognizant? What is the center for the future of work? And why are they selling us on this? Let's see. Ben Pring, vice president and director of Cognizant Center for the Future of Work. Let's read about him. Uh, co-founds and leads the center. He's a co-author of best-selling books, yada, yada. Sits on the advisory board of the Labor and Work Life Program at Harvard Law. Oh, in 2018... He was a Bilderberg meeting participant. Well, that didn't take long, did it? Surprise, surprise. Yeah, color me shocked. Okay, as I say, as I always say, go and read through the report for yourself. You will find all of this information and you will be able to see it in its context and see the way it's being presented. Uh, To a certain extent, this is tongue-in-cheek. To a certain extent, this is a warning about what's to come. But to a large extent, it's, I think... Kaching kaching! Hey guys, here are the hot new business trends that you can cash in on if you if you know where things are heading, and we've got the inside track on what the world's going to look like in 2025, which is partly, I'm sure, actually what they are actually aiming at, and so they are actually looking for business opportunities within that. Partly also, of course, I think the public mind is generally being prepared for this is the new normal. This is inevitable. You can't fight it. Here it is. It's happening. What are you going to do? Like, what were you going to do about the TSA? It's here now, and now it's just a fact of life. You're never getting rid of that. And when the HSA comes along, or whatever it ends up being called, it'll be the same thing. What are you going to do? Interesting question. Well, anyway, they're telling you. They're putting it out on the table. And, uh, of course, the normies will continue to rant about conspiracy theories. But, meanwhile, the realists will understand exactly what is happening in black and white in these people's own words. And we will know what is happening and how it is unfolding. And uh, you will be better informed as a result of this, and hopefully you can inform a few of the normies in your life who may be open to this uh, information. That's going to do it for today. James Corbett, CorbettReport.com.